heard the rest. Now here's the best. Stay tuned, sports podcast. And hello there, all you stay tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back slightly. <laughs> I'm a little tired here. Got a couple, only got a couple hours of sleep last night, but I'm here to chew your ears off or talk your ears off a little bit. I guess I don't know. This show might be a little bit off the rail. Uh, this week, but uh, it's gonna be fun. Uh, lots to talk about. Um, football got some NHL stuff in there. I want to talk about as well as um, college football. It's never too early to talk a little college football, especially possibly a little rivalry growing between uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Um, but before we get into the the show here. Head over to staytunesports.net so you can follow all of our so- social media accounts there on the right-hand side. Um, you want to follow them there because I usually share out my uh, or our Stay Tuned Sports podcast truck series, the YouTube link, which is over on 3Y TV. Um, past few weekends, I've been doing giveaways now. I, I know I said I was going to do a giveaway this past Friday. I actually didn't race, um, so I will roll it over to this uh, not this Friday, because we're off this Friday. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but next Friday, I'll do another giveaway. So next week's episode, I'll talk a little bit about the rules for that uh, that giveaway. Um, but head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports. Another way to show your support for the show. As well as we still have our STS chat hotline. Uh, it's 612-STS-CHAT. Give me a call. Tell me what you think about the show, what any type of sports topics or you know you want me to talk about. Let me know. I'll put it on the show and I'll I'll respond to it. Um so like I said this past Friday where the Stay Tuned Sports podcast truck series was at Knock Hill. Um and it was the first road course of the season. Uh my first well, I was going to, it would have been my first attempt at a road course if I raced Friday. Um, definitely a fun track uh, to, to run on. Um, first couple days of me trying to practice with it and stuff like that, um, it was a little rough. Uh, and it was a little rough for these guys too on, on Friday night. Um, a lot of spin outs. I think there was only maybe one or two cars though that uh, officially retired for the night, um, but still with some good battles, and it was still an entertaining night um, to watch the the races as well. Um, definitely a track that I hope gets added to the schedule for next season. Um, definitely want to try to try to run that one again um, Tuesday night. Uh, I ran Watkins Glen with the TNR guys over there, the, the Tuesday Night Thunder series that they run. Um, I did not last long. Now, granted, I, I just started to practice that one about 20 minutes before the um, before the, the qualifying because I had a lot of stuff going on over the weekend and things like that. Um, I gave it a go, but man, road courses are just a, a different beast. And our buddy Scott Crump, he runs with us now. And I mean, he, he even said himself, 
um, it's just not something you could just walk into. You have, you have to really do practice. And you know, this this season with the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series and with the Tuesday Night Thunder, definitely learning a lot. Definitely learning that you just can't go in this blind. You know, you got to put the time in. You got to practice. And I, I just want to give a little shout to both uh, both leagues. The guys that are involved with both leagues have been real helpful with me, giving me tips and telling me what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing good. So I'll eventually get there, and maybe at some point I will be uh, better than last. Maybe I'll be second to last. Uh, so earlier this week, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles signed James Bradbury away from the Giants. Giants released him. He was their number one cornerback, uh, but because of salary cap issues and everything, they had to release him. And the Eagles were one of seven teams that were interested, contacted them, all that stuff. Well, luckily, we were able to snatch him up. Now, James Bradbury is a number one cornerback for any team. And we snatch him up. Now, he's getting paired with Darius Slay. And over on Twitter and Facebook, the rumbling started, is this Eagles Dream Team 2.0? If you guys forget, 2011 was the year that uh, Vince Young uttered the words, this feels like a dream team. You, know, you, you had Vince Young. Uh, we went out and signed uh, Namdi. Uh, uh, I can never say his name. Asamoah. Jason Babin, Ronnie Brown came over after the whole Wildcat thing with the Dolphins. Excuse me. Uh, Colin Jenkins. You know, it's just a lot of big names. And kind of want to take on this little question. Is it the Eagles Dream Team 2.0? And honestly, no. I don't think so. Um, you look at the 2011 team. To me, they were a lot bigger names. And already had... Um, had their names already out in the, the league. Now, you look at the acquisitions that we got this season so far. Take, you know, not taking the draft uh, into consideration. It's just strictly free agents. You know, we signed, well, we traded for A.J. Brown. We signed James Bradbury. We signed Hassan Reddick and Kaiser White. Are they talented players? Without a doubt. Are they as talented as the 2011 players? Uh, I mean, I think a lot better. Um, if you really, again, look at it, the 2011 team, every single one of those players were 30 or older, already shown some decline, and really the only one that came out of that team as being a solid starter was Evan Mathis and Dominic Rogers Cromartie. Namdi, he only lasted two or three seasons before we cut him and he retired. Jason Babin, same thing. Ronnie Brown, he just disappeared. You know, so. But you're probably like, you know, well, Jim, if they're better than those 2011 players, how isn't this a dream team? Well, because the 2011 team, these guys were like individual players. You know, they, they, they I, don't, I don't want to say me players, but they were well-known players. 
And you look at Kaiser White. He's young. Okay, he's still improving. He's still getting better. AJ Brown has been consistent since he came into the league. The only thing with him is the knock of being injured all the time. And then you look at Hassan Riddick, back-to-back seasons of double-digit sacks. Can he, you know, keep that going? So there's still some questions of can they gel together as a team offensively and defensively? Now, the one thing I do like, you know, with the A.J. Brown signing, with the um, Kaiser White, like all them, Jalen Hurts is taking uh, A.J. Brown and Darius Slay to, you know, vacations to get that chemistry going. Like, so they're all trying to gel together even before OTAs and training camp. 2011 team was lockout year, so they had a late start. They only had training camp for 20-some days, was it, or something like that? Um, <clears throat> and the other thing we got to remember, too, is no matter what, it's a good possibility that this Philadelphia Eagles team may have <clears throat> like one or two free agents that don't pan out. That just might be okay and you know might may have overpaid same thing with the draft picks yeah everybody's excited about our first round draft pick davis but can he play can, can he transition to the nfl we've seen that plenty of times how many heisman quarterbacks have we seen fail in the nfl so i mean it is still a possibility that none of this works out, that this was all wasted, but looking at paper, you got a bunch of young guys that are good players that still have some good years ahead of them, whereas 2011, they were already on decline. So am I going to call this the dream team? No. Is this a very good team on paper? I could call it. I could call it that. This is a very good team. And in the coming weeks, I'm actually going to sit down and look at the NFC East schedule, you know, for the Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, and the Giants. Which, speaking of Commanders, sounds like Carson Wentz is uh, doing pretty well down there, throwing interceptions to the defense already. That just that came out, uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before they had their first... OTAs and he's already shown that he's interception prone so we all know this is his last chance to show that he could be a franchise quarterback and if he blows this I mean I'll even go out on a stretch and say he may not even be a backup quarterback in the NFL so Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers Played game three. I think it was either Sunday night or Monday night I saw. And there was a, a, a incident with uh, Milan Lucic and the Oilers goaltender Mike Smith. Mike Smith came out to play the puck behind the net. And Luc- Lucic, or Lucic, 
went for the puck, but ended up barreling into Mike Smith, which caused him to get ejected from the game, five-minute major, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mike Smith had to leave the game because of uh, the doctors or whatever that sit and stands to see if they need to enter the concussion protocol. So he had to leave the, the game for a little bit. Here's my issue, and it's been a big issue of mine for probably since I, I started watching hockey back in 2014. Stop treating these goalies like quarterbacks. Was it a... Should it have been a, a penalty? Yeah. Okay, uh, Mike Smith's back was to Luchik. And Luchik, you know, they, they, they assessed him a, a charging penalty. And I think it was a game misconduct too, or something like that. Yeah, game uh, game misconduct. But if a goaltender wants to come outside the net and be part of the game, then he should just be considered a regular skater. Should Lucic got a, a game misconduct? I don't think so. I think he got that because it was a goaltender. If it was any other player on that ice, he would have got just a charging uh, penalty. And, you know, depending on, on how bad or if the guy was cut or something like that, maybe it'd be a little bit longer penalty. But we're going to baby these guys when they come outside the net. But yet when they're in the net, they could stand there and, and slap you with their stick while, you, you know, other players are behind the net. Like, there's got to be a little bit of give, you know, if they want some. If they want to be players and I'm just tired of, of seeing you know oh my god it's goaltender interference or or you know he you know like a lot of times I do see too is players when, when a goaltender comes out behind the net to play the puck or whatever players you know will escape close to them and, and try to get the puck Whereas if uh, if it's a regular player, you can hit into him and, and hit him off that puck. Goaltenders, you can't. And I, I just wish, I, like I understand, you know, NHL is worried about player safety and, and concussions and, you know, all that stuff. But they make the rule that goaltenders cannot come out from behind the net or from the front of the net and play the puck. Tell them stay stay in front of the net. That's all you could do. Let your other teammates come back and play the puck. And just to show you, like you know, that this wasn't a, a vicious or um, planned hit. NHL did come out and say Luchik will won't face any supplemental discipline for what happened. But the other thing, too, I think NHL needs to start looking into is if these goalies are going to come out from the front of the net to, to play the puck or whatever, make sure these guys aren't flopping. Because, again, you know, we see it in the NFL, especially with Tom Brady. Yes, I'm, I'm going to keep saying that till the day he retires. When he bitches, he gets what he wants. All these goaltenders got to do is just flop down on the ground and it looks like they got nailed because they have so much uh, gear on them 
I have nothing against goalies. Like, you know, this might be sound like I'm having a bitch fest that goalies are, are babies and, you know, um, are weak and this and that. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, these guys face 30 to 50 sometimes shots a night, sometimes over 100 miles an hour coming at them. So I'm, you, you got to be nuts to be a, a goaltender. I always felt that. Just wish the rules were a little different, a little more fair and equal between goaltenders and regular offensive players. Alabama plays Texas A&M this coming season and we are about five months from that game and there's already fireworks going off. Nick Saban coming out saying that Texan A&M, who I believe got the number one recruiting class this season, <clears throat> um, said he bought the players. You know, with this NIL players agreements, you know, all over the place and, you know, possibilities of getting them. He feels, Saban felt that Fisher had some of these already in place for these players that committed early to Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher was not happy with that at all. I mean, he just yelled and, and did everything, you know, saying, you know, you could go on the internet and dig up Saban's past and see where he's come from and, you know, this and that, like just bashing him, bashing him, bashing him. Here's the thing I have about both of them. Why are you fighting over it? You know, these players... Now, granted, I mean, Fisher did make a point, whether this is true or not. So I'm basing it off of him telling the truth. He said 11 of the early entries, only one of them had a NIL deal. And some of these players won't sign something like this until they're a junior or senior, unless they're an unbelievable talent as a freshman or sophomore. So, you know, for Saban to think, oh, the boosters are still greasing the palms of these players, I, I don't think so. I highly doubt that. You know, Texas A&M has been playing better the past couple seasons. At least it feels like it. So maybe these players feel like, you know, maybe A&M is catching up to Alabama. And maybe by the time I'm a junior or senior, we'll be overtaking Bama and we'll have more eyes on us so I can get a better NIL deal. Plus, Saban, he, he's, uh, he's as big of a crybaby as Tom Brady is when it comes to, to not getting his way. I always hated Saban. I, I don't, I don't want to say I hated Saban. I never liked him. But then what he did to the Dolphins to come to Alabama was just wrong. And that's what made me go from not liking him to hate him. So when Notre Dame lost to him in 2012, that hurt more than it should have. But this little rivalry, I'm definitely going to tune in for this this game. I'm not sure if they have a, a, a time for the game, but they better make this a, a prime time game. Especially if this keeps going for the next five months. They will have ratings all over the place. There may even be some fisticuffs going on on the field. 
So this could potentially be a, a good game. I just hope that Saban doesn't put up 40 on Fisher and says, well, you, you bought all your players. I didn't buy my players. And look what I did to you. So before we go, um, I'm not sure if I did it last week. I think I did it last week, but we're going to do a hunt minute take here. Uh, kind of call an audible here because this story broke uh, late last night after I, I did all my, my research for the show, my notes and, and things like that. NFL is looking into doing away with the Pro Bowl and possibly doing something else to make it more entertaining than it already has been. So finally, after probably a good decade, NFL sounds like they finally are listening to the fans and the players and are looking into ways to make Pro Bowl weekend a better situation, an entertaining weekend, instead of just putting that garbage game on. I mean, if you, you guys have seen at least highlights of it, it's just garbage. And there's only one easy fix to do this. I mean, obviously still, you know, recognize your Pro Bowl players that get picked for this this weekend. Don't even call the game no more. Just call Pro Bowl weekend. That's the first fix. And the second fix, bring back the skill competition. That's the only, only thing fans tune into for any of these sports is the skill competitions. And let's be honest, the two best skill competitions out there are the quarterback passing accuracy and the field goal horse game. So that's my hot minute take of what the NFL might be doing with the, the Pro Bowl. Um, hope they take my advice. Hope uh, Roger Goodell's listening to the show here and definitely brings back those those two skill competition games because that they are and were the funnest ones to watch every year. I think that's going to be it for us this week. Um, make sure you head over to staytunesports.net to follow all of our social media accounts on the right-hand side there. Plus, you can find out you can find where you can listen to the show at iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, all that type of stuff. Um, merch tabs up top there. Have a long week th- weekend this weekend. I might make something over on our, our store there. Maybe some beer glasses or something like that. And speaking of beer... Head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports to show your support for the show by buying me a couple beers there. Past couple guys, Garrett Gleason, Scott Crump, Chris Darling, they all showed support for the show, bought me a few beers. I got drunk off of them. I appreciate that. And speaking of beers too, this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, please be safe out there. If you are drinking, call a friend. Don't drink and drive. Not worth it. I know gas is more expensive than drinking. Stay home and drink. Till next week, it's your good friend Jimbo, signing out.